Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Amen. Amen. Everyone, why don't you stay standing? Let's pray together and uh, let's just pray that God for the next minus five minutes, no, it'll be next 20 minutes or so, that God would really speak to us. We, we really need God to make this so much more than you just hearing from me. We want to hear from God tonight. And so I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to your heart. And hey, if you're here tonight and you're not a believer, you're not a Christian, you just came with a friend maybe tonight, I just want to encourage you to have an open heart and uh, just have some expectation and some faith, some belief that God could speak to you. And I believe that He absolutely will. And He wants to because He loves you so much. And uh, how powerful to hear that testimony of Joel's salvation. And, and God has completely transformed his life from the inside out. And that can be your story as well. God can do a supernatural miracle in your life tonight, bring salvation to your life, forgive you of your sins, and for the rest of your life, be able to walk with God and then spend eternity with Him in heaven. You can have that as well tonight, simply by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you tonight, if you're here and you're not currently a believer, make tonight the night that you do put your belief in Jesus Christ. That you say, I'm going to take a step of faith and begin a, begin a journey walking with God, discovering who God is, discovering who I am. And, and as you do, it'll be the best thing that you could ever do with your life. So don't miss this opportunity tonight to respond to God. And we're going to give you an opportunity in the service to do that. But right across the room, why don't we pray? And uh, let's just reach out to God. Father, we thank You so much for Your unending love, Your unfailing love. God, Your goodness, Your grace, Your mercy. And Father, we thank You for Your power. We thank You, God, that You're a healer. And Father, that You're, you're a transformer, You're a restorer. Lord, You're our Saviour. And God, tonight we just pray, speak to each of us and say, God, what it is that You wanna say, Father. May we hear what it is that You want us to hear, God. Help us not to listen tonight with our own lens on. God, would You just cut through it and speak to our spirit and our heart and our mind. And Lord, help us become who You've called us to be. Shape us into who You want us to be. And Father, may we all leave tonight encouraged, Father, feeling loved and knowing, Lord, that we can love and we can live because of Your grace. And we just give You praise in advance. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So good. Well, judging on how many people are in this room and how many people have birthdays in September, you've got a 30% chance of getting this right. Turn to your neighbour and say, Happy Birthday. And then grab a seat. And there's a 30% chance you're correct. Happy Birthday. Who was correct? Who was sitting next to a birthday person? Yes, lots of birthday people, come on. Shout out to everyone that's had a birthday this week. And uh, for the rest of you, enjoy your birthday over the next few weeks, because September's cranking. All right, I'm gonna preach a message tonight called, You Can't Guard Me. And I wanna read three scriptures for us as uh, we, we begin this message. So it's gonna come up on the screen for us. I wanna read from Psalms chapter 46. And it says this in verse one. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Let me read that again. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, 
Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Love that verse too. Therefore, we will not fear. Psalms 59 verse 16 says, But I will sing of your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Verse 17 says, You are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. And lastly, Philippians 4 verse 4, love this scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me just read verse seven again. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So my message tonight, I wanna talk about this idea of you can't guard me. Now, guarding is about protecting something that's precious. If you have a guard dog, it's to protect your house, protect your valuables, uh, you, you protect important things by having a guard or by having some sort of safeguard on something. And you know, the Bible encourages you and I to guard things that we can't necessarily see. It encourages us to guard our heart. And the Bible encourages you and I to guard our spirit and to guard our mind and something we can see to guard our body. And the reason the Bible encourages us to guard those things is because they are of great value. Your mind, your heart, your spirit and your body are of great value. They are of great value to God. And God wants you to look after them because they have great value to Him. And they should have great value to us. The term, um, you can't guard me, is in basketball a lot. Any basketball fans here? Come on, couple of basketball fans. But um, this is a statement that someone might say to somebody to sort of like intimidate them. And so Michael Jordan, he would just be getting absolute points like dunks, layups, he's shooting mid-range and the person that's supposed to be defending him just can't do anything. And, and sometimes Michael Jordan as a taunt would say, this guy can't guard me. And he would sometimes say to the, that player's coach, take him off, he can't guard me. Um, in the modern NBA, people say it to each other, so players are just you know, yapping at each other, talking trash, and they're like, you can't guard me, get off the court. Because whatever they want to get, whatever they want to do on the court, they're able to do it because the defender that's on them just can't guard them. And nowadays people flex on each other. So someone does a big dunk on top of someone's head, boom, do a big flex. This guy can't guard me. And um, the other thing is they do a little expression that's like this, which means the defender's too little. He can't guard me. Um, and there's a, there was a rookie league on recently and there was a whole bunch of this happening. There was people, they're not even in the NBA league yet and they're getting dunked on by people that are in the league and they're just getting made fun of nonstop, too little, get him off, taunting the coach. You can't guard me. It's pretty much saying I can do what I want on the court. The person here is, it, it, it's not possible for them to stop me from what I want to do. Now, on the basketball court, I've been on the end of this, but the wrong end. Um, when I play basketball, I've been the guy that they're like, George, you can't guard me, or they're looking to the side and trying to get me off. However, 
One time, I was able to flex. I was able to flex on him, and it was at Ross's birthday party. And <laughs> I can't tell you what the X factor was, but I was like, I'd shot maybe like eight times and missed all of them. We had a little break, and then uh, I, I don't know, something just clicked. And uh, I just I shot like eight straight buckets, which means that I got it in eight straight times in different plays, including the last one, um, which was like the game winner. So it was like, hey, next point wins, who's in? George gets the ball and I just cashed it. And I don't know what came over me. I'm generally pretty humble, but I made noise. I ran off. I did a lap of the court. I did the whole thing. I let the whole community know. And um what was good for me though is when everybody came back, Amber's like, Amber's like, oh, who was the player of the game? And someone's like, man, Geordie was amazing. She's Jordan. Jo-. I was like, hey. But <laughs> at that time, when I, was, when I was getting some points, I wanted to let people know, like, this guy can't guard me. I didn't care who it was. I was on fire. <laughs> but that expression is, is it's saying, I'm getting exactly what I want here. If I want to shoot from the left, I can get there because you can't guard me. Now, I have a toddler. Uh, his name's Micah. And I often need to guard Micah from getting what he wants. And Micah a couple of times has flexed on me. He's tried to let me know that I can't guard him. And uh, he also thinks that he doesn't need it. He thinks that he doesn't need my, my guarding, my protecting. I'm trying to stop him from getting what he wants. He thinks he doesn't need it. But the thing is, is Micah does need it because he doesn't want to throw pillows. He wants to throw dishes. He doesn't want to sit on a nice little chair that we bought for him. He wants to sit in the dishwasher. And he doesn't want to eat avocado, which is it's looking good, it's organic, it's healthy, it's on his plate. He wants to eat my AirPods. <laughs> so um, as his dad, I, I've got to stop him from getting what he wants because if he gets what he wants, it will actually hurt him. And so I have the option, do I wrap Micah in bubble wrap? Or do I wrap everything else in bubble wrap from Micah? Um, and you might be thinking, I get the analogy in the story. I'm George and Micah's my heart. But in fact, in the story, you're Micah. And in the story, I'm like God. Many of the things that we want are the most harmful things to us. And even when better choices or better options are available, especially through God's Word, a better way has been revealed. We often want things that are harmful to us. Sometimes the way that God protects us is by stopping us. Sometimes the way that God propels us forward is by stopping us getting what we want. Be careful not to have a hard heart and say, God, you can't guard me. I don't need your protection. I don't need your better way. I don't need your delays. I don't need your unanswered prayers. I'm gonna get what I want. If we're not careful, we get in this mentality of watch me get what I want and no one can stop me. Many of the things we want the most in our natural desires are the most harmful things to us. And what I know to be true of God is that He never withholds anything good from us. God never withholds anything good from us. And when I say good, I mean good at the beginning, good in the middle and good at the end. Fun at the time can be pain down the road. Don't we know that? God can see the end of things before we begin. He doesn't withhold anything good. 
He blocks and denies the bad to replace it with the good. And often what we think is great, he stops it so we can get what is actually God. Um, Pastor Vincent, when he preached last Sunday, he said, God sometimes ignores our prayers to exceed our prayers. The interesting thing about Christianity is that Christianity is about giving up what you thought you wanted so God can give you what you need. Christianity is about giving up what you wanted so that God can give you what you need. God knows best. And you may be sitting there tonight and be responding to how I responded to a similar message at a young age, which is, well, that sounds pretty restrictive to me. I want to be free. And isn't God supposed to be about freedom? Christianity be about freedom? I want to be free? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. What do you think of when you think of freedom? And I was pondering on this the other day and my, my mind went to Home Alone 2 <laughs> where Kevin McAllister is in New York with his dad's credit card. He's got all the money he needs to do whatever he wants. He's got no parents, no responsibility. He's got time is on his side. He's got energy and he's got like no kids, no mortgage. He's just out there doing his thing. And what he does, he splurges it, gets a nice hotel room. The limo comes with the cheese pizza. Everyone know the scene? That's where I went to when I thought of freedom. (laughs) Running around, getting whatever I want. Well, let's read Galatians 5 together. It says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. And everybody said, "Amen." Amen. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather... Serve one another humbly in love. When I said, what do you think of when you think of freedom? Who thought humbly serving one another in love? (laughs) I know I didn't. I thought of Kevin McAllister eating a pizza. (laughs) Verse 14 says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. We have been given freedom by God, but we are not to use that freedom to indulge our flesh. Freedom is not about serving my own needs. Freedom is not about serving my own desires. Freedom is not about what can I get. Freedom is about what can I give? Who can I worship? What can I be free from? But you know, the devil is, is very smart. The devil is smart. He has a plan to deceive you and I into thinking that protection is not protection, it's restriction. And you look at Adam and Eve in the garden. God creates this beautiful garden for Adam and Eve to enjoy. And there's beautiful fruit and food to eat. And God gives one instruction, which is do not eat that particular tree. But it's within human nature to, to fall, to sin. We're not like God. We are imperfect. We are created. And it's so funny because um, we've got a playroom at home and it's full of toys for Micah. And he's a blessed little dude. He's got animals. He's got Lego. He's got like instruments he can play with. And there's like a PowerPoint in there. And it's like, all right, Bubba, you can play with animals. You play with Lego. You can colour in, you can read those books, you can play with the instruments. The PowerPoint, not for babies. And I'm like, all these toys cost mummy and daddy hundreds of dollars, mate. Papa bought that giraffe. That's from your ama. 
you can play with all of it. The PowerPoints, not for babies. He's like, I turn around, what's he playing with? It's like, I imagine that's like God without a many of us. Like, guys, beautiful garden. Look at this. I've just made it. It's fresh. Incredible fruit. All this stuff. That, that tree just there, don't touch that. It's not good for you. But all this stuff, incredible. He turns around, comes back, fiddling with the PowerPoint. <laughs> but if you read that story of Adam and Eve, in comes Satan to deceive and he tries to make the protection of don't touch that because it's not good for you sound like God's restricting you. Sounds like God's taking away your freedom when actually there was freedom in the protection. People who live by the Word of God, what does does that mean? We we read God's Word, the Bible, and we do what it says. We're the most free. It's protective. And it's the only way to truly be free. Um, I love the, the story that the prodigal son paints in Scripture. The prodigal son is a story of a, of a young man who, who doesn't want to wait for the inheritance from his wealthy father. He wants it right now and he wants to go and spend it on all the things that he wants. And so he gets his inheritance early and, and Scripture tells us he spends it on all the things that you would imagine a young person with uh, gratification issues would go and do, does all the classic things. And he goes from the lifestyle of a loved son to feeding pigs And you've got to understand that feeding pigs back then culturally was the lowest of the lows. Pigs were incredibly dirty and you're looking after these pigs, feeding them. The prodigal son got exactly what he wanted and it hurt him. Everything he wanted to do, these desires in his flesh, I thought, man, I just got to try that. I just want to do that. I know know my dad's saying it's not the right thing to do, but I need to see for myself. He went and got what he wanted and it hurt him. The restriction of the father was protection. It was protection. Was the father simply trying to delay pleasure or was he trying to prevent pain? Often we wrestle with this concept. We read Scripture and say, God wants me to have no fun. In fact, God wants you just to have a whole lot less pain that you cause yourself. (laughs) Unfortunately, the, the prodigal son We see that story played out like a cliche all the time. People who maybe once knew God, but they have these desires in their flesh. Man, I just got to see what that's like for myself. I've just got to try that. I know everybody's told me not to, but man, I've just got to see for myself. It's this played out cliche where what you want the most hurts you the most and you end up getting a whole bunch of scars for it. I was talking to a young person the other day who's having this battle. There's things that they want to try, things that they want to do. And he knows they're going to hurt him. And I'm saying, dude, this, is, this has happened before. This is not the first time a young person who knows God has desires to go and do these things. And I said, it would be incredible if we just had one generation that says, look, I don't know how much that's going to hurt me, but I'm going to, I'm going to take your word for it. I'm going to listen to the Word of God and I'm going to avoid that pain. And he asked a good question. He goes, why do you think nobody does it? Because <laughs> it's, it's every generation, isn't it? And I said, because they haven't heard this message yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what it is that we're all wrestling with everybody is it's, it's, it happens all the time because we're all the same. We all have sin. We all have sinful desires. We all want things that will hurt us. God is not trying to take away your freedom. He's trying to help take away some pain. 
And sometimes, certainly young people, I know I had friends like this in church when I was younger, they would have this internal dialogue of, I'm, I'm exercising my freedom by not conforming to what all the church people do. By not conforming to what the Bible says, I'm exercising my freedom. But in doing that, they end up the most enslaved. So in trying to be free, you end up enslaved to every substance under the sun, to all sorts of emotional issues. In the pursuit of freedom, you land yourself in a massive jail cell in your heart and mind. And in trying to be free, you know, not just young people, older people, young adults, in, in trying to be free and carving out our own path, we usually just end up in the slipstream of what everyone else does. And we're in this slipstream of pain and trying to carve it out on your own when God in His wisdom has tried to protect you and guard you from things that will hurt you. But don't be confused when the things that hurt you are the things that you wanted. It's just our nature. Freedom outside of God is not really freedom. I wanted to show a video tonight, but I thought better of it after discussing it with somebody. Um, it's a video of a turtle, this little baby turtle that a guy finds at a park. And the guy in the video, he's like, I, th I guess he's vlogging it or something. And he's like, hey, baby turtle, are you okay? And the turtle looks fine, but the guy's like, he's sick. He needs my help. And I think the guy was like going for some um, street cred or something, like save the turtles. So he's like, let's take you back to the water. So this guy carries the turtle and it's the best video. I'm not showing it because it might traumatise people, but he gets the baby turtle and he's like, be free, freedom. And as the turtle hits the water, this massive fish goes, and just swallows the turtle. <laughs> now, I say all that to say this. Don't be like a baby turtle because here's what we do. We say, I'm not gonna conform to what God said. No rules, no restrictions. This is my life. I'm gonna carve out my own path. I'm about freedom. God's about freedom, in fact. So I'm just gonna do whatever I want. And we go, freedom! And then the world and sin whoop, swallows you up. And then... You're free, you're just also inside a fish. And I saw a funny picture on uh, Facebook that someone shared and it was a goldfish in a, bo a bowl of water um, picketing for freedom from the bowl. And it was like, I want out. And the, the caption was about like that very thing of like, I'm trying to get out of something which is actually keeping me alive. And it's so true in terms of living God's way. Sometimes we're like, God, has restricted me. He's taken away my fun. It's like a goldfish trying to get out of a bowl. It's like, mate, you can get out of it at any moment. God is not forcing you in any way. This is a relationship of love. But I'm just telling you, if you jump out of the bowl and you can't breathe, I told you. Now, as a pastor, I'm a young pastor. I don't have heaps of experience, but most pastoral conversations I have, I'm pretty much saying, don't jump out of the bowl. Stay in the water. And they're like, no, but this, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna go out for a little, listen. Fish for hundreds of years have jumped out of the bowl. They all die. <laughs> you are, <laughs> and I have, to, I have to try and explain this. This is most partial catch-ups. This is me at Paper Ave every Thursday. Stay in the bowl. But I'm saying, <laughs> and I've got to try and communicate this message, which is you are of such significance and value, but you're also not special in the sense that you're not gonna be the one to get out and make it. Everybody is the person that's like, I can get that close to drugs and be okay. I can get that close to that relationship and be okay. I can get that close to being out of church and I'll be okay. I will be the one. Yeah. 
The 1%. There's no 1%, guys. I'm telling you. What ends up happening, and this is the... So that's... Um, that's 99% of my pastoral catch-ups. This is the other 1%. It's the fish coming back to the bowl, being like... And I'm like, are you glad you came back? Yes. Are you glad you went? No. Would you tell other people not to do it? Yes. Okay, you can be a youth leader now. That's pretty much the... Here's what God is looking for. He's looking for a generation of people, young or old, who will say, God, I am seeing the warning signs in Your Word. I am surrendering my desire to do my own thing to You. And God, I'm gonna receive Your guarding and Your protection so that I can live life Your way. No more goldfish. When people get all that they want to try and satisfy, all of the drinking they want, perhaps, all the drugs, all of the relationships, all of the pornography, all of the sex, all of the spending, all of the language. When you get all of what you want in those areas, now you're enslaved to those things. And now you look the most conformed to a pattern. And it's the pattern of this world. I'm so glad that the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ is that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a good thing that my good, that, that good behaviour doesn't save me because I haven't got a lot of it. And the good behaviour that I do have, it's all credited to God's goodness. But you know, the Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians, it's got this interesting scripture. It says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Here's what I wanna, I wanna present an interesting idea. How is it that a Christian can do whatever they want, but they don't? Christians can do whatever they want, but they don't in worship to God. You know what that is? That's real freedom. I can engage with these things, but I don't because God is protecting me by telling me not to do it. It's freedom from sin. It's freedom to love God. It's freedom to say no. Without the empowerment of God, it's actually impossible to resist those things. So when we surrender it to God, we say, God, would you help me? We have the ability to exercise our freedom by not partaking in things that the world would say is freedom. Psalms 5 verse 11 says this, but let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Psalms 57 verse one says this, have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends, sends from heaven and saves me, rebuke, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth His love and His faithfulness. There's a great saying which is, is often said in churches, which is that you gain your life when you lose it. And it's a, it's a backwards way of, of thinking, but what it's saying is, is that when we give up our desires, when we give up what we're saying, is this the life I've made and what I've built? When we give that up, that's when we find the real life that God has always had for us. I just invite the worship team to join me. Church, listen to me. You experience real freedom 
when in an act of freedom gifted to you by God, you actually give it to God. You actually give your freedom to God. You say, God, my life is actually yours. My life is actually yours. This is the interesting thing about the Scripture is that what makes sense in the world is actually often backwards in Scripture. To find your life, you've got to lose it. To gain true freedom, you've got to surrender it. But I want to tell you tonight that in so many ways in my life, I'm grateful to God because He has guarded me. He has protected me. And there's things that I've not engaged with by the grace of God and by the raising of Christian parents that I've not regretted for a second. And what I mean by that is that people, you know, often have this desire, man, I wanna try and do this, I wanna try and do this. And certainly when I was 15, I wanted to do that stuff. And I'm grateful that certain opportunities didn't come my way as a 15 year old, because I don't know if I had the self-control to resist them. But what I'm grateful for is that God was guarding me and protecting me through the instruction of His Word, through the encouragement of people in church. And I've not felt restricted. And you won't either once you give that freedom to God, once you surrender it to God and say, God, my idea of freedom, I'm surrendering it to You so that You can give me what freedom truly is. And that's what Pastor Vincent was saying, which is that God sometimes ignores our prayers so that He can exceed them. That desire for freedom that you have, what you think about freedom, the picture you have in your mind, maybe it is Kevin McAllister-like, God's freedom exceeds that. Because it's freedom from sin, freedom to resist sin, and freedom from the chains of sin, the things of, of the enemy that will enslave you into addiction and into torment and into pain. God tonight in His love wants to protect you. And in some ways, He might wanna stop you from getting what you want, from continuing on in perhaps danger. But God in His love, church, is reaching out to you. He's extending to you an opportunity for a transformed life, for freedom from sin, forgiveness of sin, and He's extending to you salvation. And with that, you'll receive true freedom, but it requires you to respond to God and to say, God, you know what? For many years, maybe you've been saying, you can't guard me. I'm gonna get what I want. But I wanna encourage you, if you lay that down tonight and say, God, I wanna receive your protection. And more importantly, I wanna receive your salvation. If you would respond to Him tonight, a supernatural miracle will come to your life. Younger person, older person, whether it's your first time in many times, if you respond to God tonight, a supernatural miracle can come to your life. And so will you respond tonight? I wanna ask everybody to stand up together. We're just gonna worship God. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.